0: Welcome to the Celebration Community Church Podcast, where we exist to meet God, grow in Him, and serve through Him. Good morning, Derek. Good morning, Nathan. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm doing okay. I have a very specific question for you. Oh boy. Um. So... At the time of recording this podcast, it's the week before Thanksgiving. Okay. When do Christmas gifts (laughs) or Christmas decorations start in
1: your household? Um, I'm known in the church staff as... I'm not going to say I'm known as the Scrooge or Grinch, but one of them. A Scrooge? Yes, a Scrooge or a Grinch. Um, You know, I... This year we haven't we haven't really done anything yet, uh, but we just switched over to fall because like it was warm most of the, the fall and so it didn't really feel like walls wall fall so we just uh, switched over to fall decor in our house so I think probably right after Thanksgiving will be when it happens for us this year um, but it it's happened earlier in years past but
0: I don't know whether it's the fact that. Everything around us just seems so terrible, uh-huh. but it feels like to me that more people decorated for Halloween this year than ever before.
1: Yeah, or and already more, have their Christmas or lights. They already up. Yeah. have their Christmas lights. Right now, and I think that you're right. I think this year, has, <laughs> people are just looking for joy anywhere, and so it, <laughs> a lot of people feel joy in Christmas lights and going and looking at those and seeing their house lit up, and so. I get it. This is a year where if if there was ever a year to put Christmas decorations and lights up early, it's probably this, this year. This is the year.
0: Yeah. My family when I was growing up always had a box to open on the night of Thanksgiving. Okay. To like welcome in the proverbial Christmas time. Okay. Um then uh, we also had a tradition of whenever the first snow would happen. And just as an aside, snow in Kansas is basically the most worthless thing in the world <laughs> because you can't do anything with True. it. I mean, like if it starts snowing in Colorado, that it means it's about time to go to the mountains, to go snowboard. It means to go sled in the backyard. Here right. it's just like, wow, everyone's going to drive poorly. Um, yes. So after that aside... Right. Just to let you know. Um, we would always have hot chocolate out of these snowman shaped mugs. Yes And as I got older and older, that tradition kind of died out. But those were our like family traditions. I like that. It, so
1: So this box at Thanksgiving, like was this everybody had like an individual gift in there to kick off the season or was it, like a family thing. That... So
0: it was just like decor. okay. Um, some Christmas music. Gotcha. I think that there was like a Bing Crosby record in there oh, that we would that's put solid. on as well. Um, but just like, it wasn't the overdo it, like yeah. put up the tree on Christmas Eve. Just something to Eve, signify me, the Thanksgiving. It was just like, okay, here's the natural change. And then probably by December 1st, we had the tree up. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I I want to like play a, a small guessing game with the people who haven't read the title of this episode okay what staff member oh boy that we will interview today has their three Christmas trees up by probably October eh, September 30th
1: I don't. I don't think this is really that much of a quiz. I think everyone knows it's Dylan
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, we won't be. Uh, we won't be interviewing Dylan but we will be interviewing <laughs> her husband. Who um, I don't know if I would call him an enabler of the Christmas craze right. or an active participant within yeah. it, but. Um, We're going to be talking to Pastor Brand again about uh, prayer, which is coming up as part of our 2021 initiative as a church. So just to kind of recap, we started in 2018 by reading the entire New Testament as a church. 2019, we read the entire Bible. And then 2020 was a year of scripture memorization, not just getting through the text, but getting down deeper into the text. So I'm excited to hear about why Pastor Brandt felt like this was the the route to go, and uh, some practical things that make prayer feel more accessible. All right, Pastor Brandt, welcome back to the C3 podcast. Last time was your uh, first podcast experience, so I'm really excited to hear because now we're (laughs) going to have your worst podcast experience and your best podcast experience. Which of the two do you think
2: this is going to be? Oh, wow. You know, I uh, they could either both be okay or they could both be terrible. I don't know. I, I that's not really mine you to determine. You get better.
1: You get better with age. It's kind of like a though. sermon.
2: It really doesn't matter what I think when I get done preaching. Really, that d- doesn't really matter. So
1: it's like the beauty
0: is in the eye of the beholder. It, that it is and I The I, ear of the listener. I have
2: been told I have the best face for podcasts ever. So I guess we have something going <laughs> oh, there for you me.
0: Go. <laughs> Very good. So last time you were on the podcast, we talked about what it means to be a church member, and we ended that conversation with talking about where our church is going. So we've kind of started in 2018 reading the entire New Testament together as a a church body. 2019, we read the entire Bible together as a church body. 2020, we're focusing on depth into Scripture memorizing scripture and then meditating on it every single day. 2021, from what you've hinted at, is going to be about prayer and specifically guided prayer. So maybe we just start off with talking about why and how and what is prayer. How do you accomplish that? What is the the meaning behind prayer?
2: Sure. and And there are so many I guess, different levels to, to to just talking about prayer. You know, it, in its very basic form, prayer, prayer is conversation with God, and conversation involves talking and listening. So I think it, there's a misperception about prayer, especially for new Christians who want to pray, and they are so focused on the words they're using, and they think it's this this one-way sol- soliloquy as opposed to a conversation with God, not a conversation like we're having right now where, I talk, and then I stop, and then you talk, and then I talk, and you talk. But, you know, one spiritual discipline that that we're not focused on today is pausing and listening to God, but I do think that that's part of a healthy prayer life. So prayer is conversation with God. There is a God who hears us, who desires for us to go directly to Him in conversation, and people get so caught up in the intricacies of how it's supposed to be done, if you look at Jesus in prayer, I mean, his disciples went to him and said, Jesus, how do we pray? I mean, you've got guys who've been walking the, the earth with him. They had probably seen him pray, who knows, hundreds of times, thousands of times. They know that he went away by himself and prayed, so they had experienced uh, him going away and having private time with God as well as corporate time with God in prayer And they ask him that question, how do we pray? And I think a lot of people who are Christians are embarrassed because if someone were to say, how do you pray? I don't think they would have any idea how to. And so when Jesus said, here's how you pray, you know, the Lord's prayer, our father who's in heaven, he said, pray like this. He didn't say, pray this prayer. He said, pray like this, our father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. So we're giving praise to God. We're we're stating who God is. Your kingdom come, your will be done. A lot of people leave out that that part of it, that your will be done, because uh, there is contemporary teaching that says you should demand God to do things that you want him to do. And we'll probably talk about that later in the podcast, I'm sure. But uh, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, asking for God's will to be done. And then there's the asking for sustenance. Give us today our daily bread. That's asking for our basic needs. It's not asking for a new car. It's not asking for a better job it's asking god to give us the very sustenance that we need to survive give us what we need not necessarily what we want you know and forgive us our sins and as as we forgive those so so again looking at jesus's teaching of and how many times did he say if you want to be forgiven you forgive um, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So protect us, you know, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit protects us, counsels us, and reminds us of sinful ways that we need to avoid. Convicts us when we do sin, not condemns us, but convicts us. And then that is a culmination of a, I think, Jesus giving a, an example of a very well-rounded prayer. But if you look at Jesus and you look at the prayers that Jesus said, there were times Jesus just looked up to the Father in heaven and said a one sentence prayer. So Jesus wasn't, I believe, saying if we look at, if we take everything together, he wasn't saying every time you pray, you need to give praise to the Father, you need to ask for his will, you need to ask for your basic needs, you need to help you forgive others, you need to ask him to forgive you, you know. And so I think people get so we so want an an outline so that we can do it right. And I don't think God's, uh, God's up in heaven saying if you just do it right i'd hear you and i'd and i'd listen and i'd answer your prayer
0: there's no holy rubric that he's holding to not, make sure n- uh, that not, he can answer the prayers
2: not that i can find in my bible though there's a lot of teaching out there that would uh, lead people to think otherwise right. so
0: within the cultural backdrop of the bible the most pious people of jesus time were people who were very loud in public with their prayers and I think that a lot of that is still residual within modern prayer. I would contend that our cultural moment is not so different than that. There are people who have these incredible platforms through the prevalence of the internet that pray very emphatically and Listening to them in the best light, maybe they're really, really zealous. But listening them to them in in the worst light, it kind of sounds like you have to have some sort of secret knowledge of what to pray or or the method by which to pray. So that can make it feel really scary for
2: someone to do so. Absolutely, and and that teaching is so prevalent, and it actually has made people drift away from God because. Gosh, I can't do that. I'm not capable of doing that. And then they tag this, this word on. I'm an, they're an intercessory prayer person. You know, they have the gift of intercession. And the Bible makes very clear that we're all, we all have the ability to be intercessors. Inter- intercessory prayer is simply praying for other people. <laughs> and uh Jesus prayed for other people and we are taught. You read Roman eight, Romans eight, it's very clear that we we are given the ability and are told to. Pray for other people, and it just becomes so, like you were saying, so muddied up and so religious that people forget that you've got a God that loves you that just wants you to talk to Him, and it makes me so sad that people seem to think that it's more than that, and and we have to worry about the vocabulary we use when we pray, and and yes, we need to confess our sins before we pray. I mean, that's one of the things that that absolutely affects the um, effectiveness of our prayer. You know, the Bible says that the prayer of a righteous man is is effective. And, and so, it, you know, we need to be right with God as we go to Him in prayer. It doesn't mean we'll be perfect, but, you know, I try to make a habit of of saying, God, if, if there are sins that I'm aware of or that I'm not aware of or or things I've forgotten, you know, I don't believe God's going, man, you've got that one sin you committed last Thursday at three, and if you just remember that and confess that sin... I'm going to give you whatever you want.
0: Yeah. So in, in summary, one of the things that I've heard uh, when you look at the Lord's Prayer, it's not prescriptive. You have to pray this exact thing. But to pray like this, every every prayer, every conversation that you have with God could have, and it's an acrostic poem, which if my mom was listening to this, <laughs> she would love. My mom loves acrostic poems. There are those people. Poems. So there's no shade no. It, at all. You right. know? Like if you like acrostic poems,
2: one one of my fa- one of my one of my favorite pastors to listen to is David Jeremiah. He does a lot of alliteration and acrostics when it comes to his preaching, and that's not my style. But but wow, does it help you retain some of the stuff? It helps
0: absolutely. So the 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 P stands for praise. Uh, so when Jesus says, holy is your name, and in that he's, he's praising God for who he is and, and what he's done. Um, the second one is, is repenting, right? You, you touched on the idea of your will being done. And repenting is not just saying I'm sorry for my sins, but it's to change our way of thinking and behavior. And to change our way of thinking is to align the, the structure of power as it is, as God's will being the one that's accomplished, not necessarily mine. Or I could say maybe my will being accomplished, provided that it's what God is intending. God's will is hierarchically higher than than mine. Um, then the, the third, the A, is to ask, uh, give us our daily bread, forgive us as we forgive, that qualifier in there, in there as well, uh, lead us not into temptation, and then why is yield? It's again a a statement of power. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the honor forever and ever. Um, so I think that maybe with looking at our prayers, not to critique them by any means, but to give us a, a helpful model, is to look at: Do I have a component of praising God? Do I have a component of repenting? Do I have a component where I ask God for things? You know, you mentioned Romans eight. And one of the things that is phenomenal to me in, in Romans eight is it says that when we don't have the words to say, the Spirit intercedes on behalf of us there's with the words
2: word. there's where that word comes from.
0: That's that's a great thing. That is God's physical I, I mean, God's presence praying for us when we don't know what to say. We don't even have to have
2: the right words to be able right. to pray. In, in Jesus in, in another in, in another way to look at, at the word intercedes, you can look at as as fills in a gap. You know f- fills in the gap between two things so between god and us in in the in another word for that is mediator and so the mediator between god and us is jesus and so that's a beautiful thing. You're talking about acrostics. So I want to go back to that again. And one of the things, in years ago when I did youth ministry, when I first started in ministry, I came across an acrostic that, that that I taught to kids all the time. I passed it along to Derek, and and he did that in youth ministry as well. And, and it's parts, the parts of prayer P A R T S. P is praise. And, and you can look at the Lord's Prayer and you can line this up with different parts of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, P is praise, A is admit. Hey, I've screwed. I've screwed up. You know, it's okay to say those words to God. I screwed up. I messed up. I fell short. I missed the mark. What, however, you want to do it. God's not up there going, "Man, if you had better semantics in the things that you say, it's better if you had better sentence structure, you know, it'd probably be better." So, praise. Admit. The R is request. That's when you ask God. You know, give us today our daily bread. T is thank. Make sure that you're thanking God. And then S. I alluded to this at the very beginning of this. Shut up. Just be quiet and allow God to speak through you. It's amazing when we take a pause what God can show us in in ourselves, really, a, a lot of the time in ourselves. So,
1: I think that one of the things that for me in um, my prayer life and, and as a new believer and trying to figure out what prayer was, I think I really got caught up in and I I think a lot of people do, of just the the ask or the request part, because, again, we are selfish people by nature. It's our human nature to be. And so I really would get caught up on not wanting my prayer life to be selfish. And and, and then this thought process of like, well, if God is all-knowing and he already knows what I'm going to ask for and all these things, then why should I really even spend much time praying? Should my prayer just be... God, you know what's on my heart and on my mind, amen, <laughs> like, you know? And so I think that it's really important for us to remember that that's just a small part of the prayer life. You you mentioned at the beginning, this is like a conversation back and forth with God. If the three of us are having a conversation, I don't just come to this conversation To ask ask you each for something, right? Like we're coming here to talk together, to spend time together, to interact together, and so I think that's something important to remember with prayer. Is we so often in in the world that we live in, in the culture that we live in, it's this kind of you know give and take. What's the transaction thing? And it's prayer is not transactional. Prayer is relational as well. It's a conversation with God, and so it's important for me to make sure that I don't get caught up in that part of it because I think that really tends to push me even away from just prayer in general because I feel like I'm being selfish then. so
2: You bring up a really important thing, and that is guilt in prayer. And so many people feel guilty and selfish, which is really interesting because, first of all, the Bible's very clear about ask God for what you want. You know, Old Testament Proverbs and Psalms and New Testament talks about, you know, Present your request to God. Yeah. It doesn't say sort them out and ask God, put them in put them in a priority, priority list, order yeah. for God. But here's the thing, Derek. So often people will feel guilty because they're asking God for things. But if we really look at it, I would guess that most of the stuff that you're praying, most of the the things you're praying for aren't for you. They're for other people. Right. When you're in and then don't you think that the devil sets back there and goes, if I can just get them to quit asking God for stuff, then they'll feel like they're not worthy Mm -hmm. and that God doesn't hear their prayers and then bad things happen. And then it's all leading back to the guilt. And so he just uses guilt in so many ways. But when I look at how many people that I pray for and how many circumstances I pray for, most of them aren't even about me. But I remember so many times in my past that I felt guilty because all I'm doing, you know, because really I've looked and said, I bet 90% of my prayers are asking God for things. I don't think God's up there again with a, with, with a pie chart saying, you know, you need to have 32% of your prayer be, and, 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 and also the P-A-R-T-S or or whatever acrostic we want to use. It doesn't mean again that every prayer we say has to have everything, you know, I shoot up prayers for people I did on my way up to the church today, shooting up prayers for people who, who, who have COVID right now And, and by name and God, you know, would you do a miracle in this? And if I stop and feel guilty that I didn't do a full prayer with every single part of the Lord's prayer in there, but that's not what Jesus modeled for us. That's not what he modeled. I mean, he did. I mean, obviously he had, he'd stay up all night praying. Okay. I don't do that. Does that mean, oh gosh, I'm such a loser. Um, and there are people who, who,
1: who do that, which that's awesome. And that's part of the relational side of things as well is Every time that we get together, we don't do the exact same thing every single time or make sure that we cross off these five to do things to say, okay, well, it doesn't really count as us hanging out as friends. If we didn't do all five of right. these things, it doesn't count. Ex-
2: exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And sometimes we're going to have conversations with people that are just really short conversations sure. and not full uh, relationship building conversations. They're going to be desperate need conversations.
1: And, they, and they're still meaningful.
2: Abs, And, and they still count. Right, right. They still count. And, you know, Nathan mentioned um, today's world, you know, leaning towards the legalism of prayer and corporate prayer and these super prayers, these super Christians who pray. And, you know, Jesus, he was so clear about that in the Sermon on the Mount and in Matthew 5 when he when he says, you know, when you pray, go into your room, close close the door. He, He wasn't saying never have corporate prayer because he had corporate prayer with his disciples. One of the last things he did with him was corporate prayer. But he's saying, you know, it's all about your heart. What's the condition of your heart? So the bottom line with prayer, to me, is what's the condition of your heart when you go to God? Sure.
0: So just kind of tracing the narrative of how our church is planning on maturing together, why is prayer the next step on on the staircase? Obviously, this staircase probably never ends. Um, however, why, why prayer? Why not
2: something else? Right. Because there, I mean, there are a lot of spiritual disciplines. I mean, we can say here, and I, I, I don't have written down in front of me, well, anything, but I don't have an exhaustive list of spiritual disciplines. But when we look at speaking spiritually that we've got, you know, the reason we, we focused on the Bible first is because that's God's word to us. So we spent three years, focusing on on spiritual development of our people god's word to us i think a natural next step is our words to god and and so when we look at prayer knowing that if if you were to if you would take christians and say okay would you prioritize what you think based on the word of god what spiritual disciplines people should invest the most time and energy and study into I think that the majority the vast majority of people would put Bible study and prayer as the first two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of them might say prayer before Bible study. Mm-hmm. Some of them might say Bible study before prayer. I'm not here to say that is what what I recognized in our church in 2000, 17, when we were developing this, this vision for celebration moving forward is that we have a whole lot of people who need to know what God's word says. And we had so many people and we live in a very, and and this, and this is a very derogatory, astounding thing, but, but, but we live in a very biblically illiterate culture. And part of the reason for that is we have access to so many things that are good or not good teachings about Christianity, and little pieces of Christianity, little pieces of verses. And I feel that we just needed as a church to dive into what does God's Word say. And and, and as a result, we had hundreds of people, multiple hundreds of people read the New Testament. We had several hundred people read the whole Bible the following year. And so I felt that that was really a basis of what we needed to start with. So the natural next step would be in my in my opinion, prayer of speaking to God. So, having God's word spoken uh, in 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 words in our Bible, and really just reading it, studying it, and meditating on it—really, three different levels of using the Bible—and then going into prayer just felt that this is a natural step for our church. Because I think just like people say, I don't really know much about the Bible. I don't really know where to start. I was hearing this for years. Don't know where to start. It's confusing to me. It's too high level for me. I open it up and I read stuff and I have no idea what I'm reading. And so we we made a very intentional way to have everybody at the same time d- dive into the same thing so we could walk through it together. And then we put out devotionals at the same time and, and study guides and things like that over the last few years. So I just think prayer is the next thing that we need to do because there's a whole lot of people, just like we're saying, I don't really know my Bible. People are saying, I just really don't know how to pray, or I feel like my prayers are ineffective, or I don't even really know where to start. Yeah, I agree. At a at a popular level, I think that
0: the the Bible is is used to put God on your side to be able to say, hey, here's this verse that sounds like what I think,
1: therefore I can use it. As a college student that was not involved in church or faith much at the beginning of my college career, I was on the track team. I wrote Philippians 4.13 on my, on my track spikes, because if God could help me jump a little farther or run a little faster, hey, I'm all for that, right? Because I saw other athletes with that tattoo and stuff. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So, hey, if right. it can help, why not?
0: Right. And I think that that's a really interesting thing when we talk about any sort of these <laughs> these spiritual disciplines, be it reading scripture, praying, fasting. They mm. They seem to be, like you were saying, transactional. Yeah. If I read this, God right. will do yep. this for me. If I pray let alone what I say, if I pray, then God will make my life better, something like that. However, the burden of actual Christianity is to relinquish that control of getting your way and trying to align yourself or to be conformed to the likeness of Jesus. And like you were saying, how, how do I change myself to look like Jesus? if i don't know what he says and what he does mm-hmm. um, yes. so we have to immerse ourselves in in the bible and we have to struggle through reading something that is completely foreign to us yeah you you mentioned that the bible is is god's word and then you said you know we we need to th- focus on God's word to us and then prayer is our words to God. Earlier you said that prayer is a conversation between God mm-hmm. and us. So right. while we're focusing on what we say to God, how can we also focus on what God is saying mm. to us?
2: Yeah, it probably sounds like I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth with that as as I think about this. You know, when we think about the Bible being God's words to us, you know, we are absorbing his words, you know, it is, it is him. That's, that's more of a one-way conversation, you know, and, 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 in in prayer, you know, I don't think it's like 50-50 where I talk to God, I pause for the two minutes because I talked for two minutes and then it's God's turn. It's not a a presidential debate, you know, it's not a, a, a conversation that's, that's developed or, or meant to be that way. I think that a lot of hearing from God is, is happens in prayer. I think a lot of hearing from God just happens because you're walking with him day to day. So in prayer, yeah, there's times I need to just pause in prayer. And I've had some really cool times where, and and I wish I could say this happens all the time to me. It doesn't, it's not, you know, there's, again, there's not a formula, but there's a lot of times where I'll pray to God and I'll just be quiet before him. And I will just sense his presence, first of all, but I will also sense that he's guiding me in in what kind of decision to make. He doesn't always say, you know, you know, I don't say God, multiple choice, A, B, C, or D, and then I stop and wait for an answer. I don't I don't think God works <laughs> that way. That'd be cool. But um, you know, E, none of the above. You know, I don't, you know, that will be cool. And and you know, there's people who say, you know, I never hear from God. You know, I hear super Christians or pastors or people who are more spiritual than me or been Christians longer than me, they all the time talk about God told me this and God told me that. And you know, I think first of all, I think we gotta be real. Really careful as Christians to say, God told me this or God told me that. And, and I can sit here today and I can tell you, I know of three times in my life of, uh, that I am absolutely certain a hundred percent that God told me something absolutely specific. Uh, even in, in sentences of what he has told me to do, or something that I that, that he wants me to know, three times. I'm 48 years old, and so this is not something that, that And I think that that there is this super spirituality out there that every everything, everything that comes across my mind, I attribute it to God. Told me this, and I think we got to be really, really careful with that. I can say, and I do say sometimes, you know, I really felt uh, God was leading me in this decision, but I got to be really careful not to attribute everything that i think i'm supposed to do or say as a direct message from god so yes i believe god speaks with us um in prayer i believe that we stop we need to stop and listen and and wait sometimes for him instead of say my prayer and then go fix it anyways because that's really not depending on god so i hope that kind of clarifies the the two-way conversation yeah and you know we have to listen with the principle of charity. The The
0: quintessential issue in teaching about something is is breadth versus depth, right? Do I cover mm-hmm. all of the different types of prayer, what we're talking about right now, or do I go very deep into what I'm saying when I say God is speaking to us? Yeah. I mean, a second comment that I have is, is just that I think that we expect something to hyper-spiritual yes. for God's answer, yes. and, and Augustine, who was a desert father in the in the 500s, um, said uh, that all truth is God's truth, so when mm-hmm. we're looking for the, the answer to God, uh, perhaps that's wise counsel within our community, mm-hmm. and God is sp- speaking through them. Yes. Perhaps it's what you read in the Bible and the consensus of how I might live out of the truth that, that is found there within. Um, sometimes it's just the logical thing to do that is the most yeah. loving
2: thing to right. do. Um, W-W-J-D, so, Nathan. Yeah.
0: I mean, it doesn't have to be grandiose for it to be spirit-breathed. And, and I think that that is a constraint that we put on ourselves. That's just, it sets us up for failure because if I don't have this amazing transcendent experience where I heard the voice of God mm. through the the whirlwind or whatever right. it yep. may be, yep. then I'm not, with God, absolutely, it's it's exclusive, right? I and, think so
2: many people get get frustrated and discouraged because they hear people talk about prayer as if it is that transcendent, unbelievable experience every time, and then they just they they just feel like poop. They just feel like they're not worthy of doing that. They and and man, I, I just I'm so tired of spiritual elitism because Jesus didn't come to talk about who can enter his kingdom? You know, who qualifies? He didn't come and And I mean, look who he picked for disciples. I talk about this all the time. A bunch of doofuses. I mean, it really it just yeah. normal people, blue collar workers that society didn't really think anything about. And I'm just so, I'm just so tired the, of super spirituality. Those
0: are the ones who he said would enter his kingdom and be first as well. Oh, and so. it's
2: it's the super yeah. spiritual ones that he said yeah. right. you got no place in in my house.
1: Right. I I think for me, some of the moments where I've felt, I guess the 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 closest to God in in prayer, those times when I'm being quiet and either a situation is brought back to my mind and I see it in a different light a week later or a couple days later of like, wow, I didn't realize what was going on during that that moment. Yeah. Or I'm just quiet and still and, you know, something from the Bible, either a verse or a chapter or just a truth from the Bible is is what I need to what I need to hear. Yeah. Or I I open the Bible up and go back to that verse and chapter and like that's what I needed to ca- to calm myself or to, to give my spirit a little bit of peace. And so I think sometimes, again, like we said, we, we over-spiritualize it and think we need this amazing booming voice or mm-hmm. or this amazing sign when sometimes it's just the stillness that we need to to allow what God's been trying to say to us or get through our thick skulls yeah. for the longest time that we just actually need to stop and be still yeah. and, and know that He is God and then let him reveal what he's been trying to reveal to us all along
2: yeah nathan alluded to you know putting something in getting so you both did putting something right. in expecting something out you know sometimes when people say to me i just don't feel like my prayers work i just don't feel like they're i don't feel like god's hearing me i feel like it's bouncing off the ceiling and and those are those times and i've man I've, if i could count how many times i felt that way mm. but in, it's those times that i have to remind myself what what what's my motivation My motivation is, is I'm going to God and no matter, it's not based on my feelings. It's based on the fact that it's just like when you open your Bible and you read your Bible and and you really are trying to concentrate. I don't know. I don't know if this happens to you guys. This happens to me all the time. And I'm like, man, I just can't focus. And I just keep reading and I just keep, even if reading it out loud sometimes, and sometimes I close my Bible and I feel like I got so much out of it. Other times I don't feel like I got anything out of it. And I got to remind myself, it honored God to open my Bible and spend time with him. And I think sometimes we got to remember, God's going to honor the attempt. And even if my prayer isn't this beautiful, wonderful, you know, flowing, perfectly balanced prayer, I believe that God... It, 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 I think that God sometimes is more proud of us than we think he is. Mm. Hey, you know, when you think He's about good. children. I love saying to my kids when they do something and it doesn't quite work out, patting them on the back and saying, hey, I'm so glad you tried. I know it was hard for you to try to do that. I know it was hard. Just having a conversation with one of my sons today, and I said, I know this is hard, and I know you're scared about this decision, but I'm so proud of you for trying. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, I think I look at God as... That perfect father, and and a perfect father is not going to scold his kids when they don't get their their words perfectly right. They're going to look at their hearts and say, "Man, that's my boy," or "That's my girl." I'm so proud of you for 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 doing that, even though you don't feel like you got anything out of it. So we've we've <laughs>
0: spent. Forty-five minutes talking about how prayer is not formulaic, but it is this conversation. <laughs> Our church is about to go into an initiative that is guided prayers. Yeah, that um that are are written out or topical. Um, to be completely honest. Prayers that are written out for me are the ones that help me to mm. focus most, and we can talk about that a little bit later. I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with praying the Lord's prayer, provided the heart is right. I don't uh, think that there's provided the heart um, is right. I don't think that there's anything wrong with praying something eloquent that somebody else said, and it's like, wow, they really used the words that I needed. Thank right you, Oswald. Provide, yeah, provided that I'm trying to. Connect with God through that, and not yeah. just, yeah. Our Father in heaven, help me. Like right. memorize something yep. and just
2: deposit it's your that. It's your to, heart. To, same to thing God. with is it, hey, you, you're, you're a worship director. It's the same thing when we sing songs. Right. It's the same thing when we read our Bible. Right. It's all. It's a heart issue. Right.
0: So so why guided prayer? First yeah. first and foremost, I I think that it it goes without saying that it's okay to pray things that other people have prayed Absolutely. before. And if yeah. it, if it wasn't, then we wouldn't have very many things to pray for. That's um, I but, bet
2: somebody said that prayer before. Yeah, but, Doggone it.
0: But why, why is guided yeah. prayer the thing that we're, we're going for?
2: You know, I knew that I knew that we were to do, I felt like we were going to, God told me that no, I'm just kidding. God, <laughs> um, uh, I felt that we needed to, I needed, I felt like we needed to teach people about prayer in 2020. So let's just look at the, the the biggest goals. When when looking at prayer and looking at what do our people need, first of all, our people need taught about prayer. We're going to start 2021 with a either a six or an eight week series on prayer. We're going to talk about how to pray, how not to pray. We're going to go through the Lord's Prayer. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna hit it all. Uh, when prayers feel effective, when they don't feel effective, all of those or most of those questions people have about prayer. So the guided prayer, and really, kind of my my heart behind the guided prayer is not that hey, I'm this great prayer because if if and I've and I've told our staff this, you know, I've asked our staff the question, um, praying or studying the Bible, which spiritual discipline comes easier for you? And we were, if I remember correctly, we were divided almost right down the middle with our staff. Mm-hmm. Pretty close. I would fall completely on the studying the Bible part. I would totally feel, feel, I, I'm so much, uh, I feel that I, that I'm better <laughs> at re reading and studying my Bible and feeling close to God. And, um, and other people are totally opposite. They say, Oh, you know, the, the word of God, that's just hard for me to feel close to God. I feel like I'm just reading a book or, or whatever, but, but in prayer, and there are times that I feel super close to God in prayer. And, and I pray, I pray a lot. But when I look at guided prayer, I know the struggles I have in prayer. I know that I am a man who, who if there is something to distract me, I'm going to find it. And to the point of, you know, I've developed uh, some prayer habits um, like walking while I'm praying. And walking while I'm praying, my body kinetically, I'm I'm moving, which is helping me to focus on my prayer. I have prayed out loud. I I drive to town when I'm by myself, and I pray out loud instead of silently because it lessens the distractions. So I don't. I'm not doing this guided prayer thing. So basically, I'm recording 365 days of prayers. And as as Nathan mentioned, uh, some of them are topical. There's a month that I focus on. Hymns that you know, old hymns, and in building that into prayer and in lyrics of old hymns, there are months that I I talk topically about what's going on, what holiday it is. Um, uh, On on um, the twentieth of January, I will be talking about praying for our president. I will we will be talking about the importance of that, and so my goal in the guided prayer is that. People can get into the habit of daily prayer. And if I can be one thing that can help them get into the habit, like following a reading plan to read the New Testament in a year or the whole Bible in a year, that is simply me saying, let's together get in this habit of prayer every day. And then what are some things going on around us or what are some things that we can focus on? I will talk about praying for those who are sick. I will talk about praying for those we work with or go to school with. And so really trying to give a well-rounded, if nothing else, practice of prayer. And so I'm super excited about it. They'll they'll go from a couple minutes to seven or eight minutes a day. It'll be right on our app where they click on today's prayer, and we pray that together. And I'll start each of them with kind of a devotion, so it's a devotion leading in to prayer. And then we'll have days where we repeat things. Hey, we prayed for our country's leaders a week ago. We're going to go back and do that again. So it's just it's practicing prayer, and it's really cool that our entire church family or a great deal of them will be praying for the same things the same, the same day. And we know that there's power in that because we're all intercessors.
0: Yeah. So you've, you've mentioned that intercess, intercessory prayer is just prayer on behalf yes. of something else. Yeah. And I think that it is beautiful to think that an entire community would be lifting up that same exact thing, whatever it
2: might be. We're praying for our worship leader today. You know, hundreds of Love people him. are going to be praying for you that day, Nathan. He needs a lot of that. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's why, I put, that's why I put prayers for me in every other day the whole year. So right, I, yeah, I probably yeah. shouldn't put that Hedges out there. as of protection. <laughs> as, as, we're, as we're doing this, you know, I know that we're going to be talking a lot in our services and have resources for people. Um, but we wanted this episode of the podcast to be one of those resources that people could come to. Hey, you're interested in prayer, you're interested in the guided prayer and what that's going to look like. So check out this episode of the podcast. And so um, we may have people come to listen just to kind of figure out, is this something I want to do? And so I think an important question is like what what do you see this looking like on a daily basis for someone from our church um, in in doing this? And then kind of what's the what's the end goal? So if they if they start this in January, by the end of December, what is what is the hope? What's the end goal if you had to say? And I know I know there's a lot of things we can say in that, and there's a lot of different things for individuals. But just in in broad generality, what is your hope from January December for someone who does this? What's that look like on a daily basis, and what's the end goal?
2: Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great question. I think the end goals are this: I I I connect with my church family in knowing that I'm praying. Um, collaboratively even if not at the same time with them Mm -hmm. i think establishing a daily quiet time if that's not already established and i think about uh i think about a goal being that people think about prayer constantly you know so so i will in some of my guided prayers in the devotion part talk about the importance of us praying throughout the day and that's one of the first things that we talk about is is praying continually and we'll talk about this. This isn't just, again, that rote, I have to do this thing. This is a let's open up, let's get in the habit. So many things, it, we got to be careful not to become legalistic, but so many things, I think that, you know, spiritual disciplines means you're disciplined to do them on a regular basis. So that, so, but, but if you look at people that we talk to all the time and you say, how's your prayer life? Most of them don't say, you know, my prayer life is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. It is consistent. It is focused. The majority of people will say, there's areas of it that need to improve. And there are some prayer warriors out there that might say, man, I'm not going to do this. This is so basic. But you know what? Jesus' prayers were basic. Mm -hmm. Jesus taught to be basic in prayer. And I think this is something that can benefit everybody, no matter what level you are, whether you're a brand new Christian, whether you're somebody just in the baby pool of christianity or if you're somebody who dives in this is something we can do together and we can all grow together in this area
1: so we're coming together and and that's obviously an awesome thing for the community of the church and then this is kind of, you know, it's not just about the guided prayer. This is a starting point, a launching point to hopefully deepen Absolutely. a prayer life Absolutely, I don't want
2: this to be the only time people pray during the day. I want this to be right. something that they can do establishing that time. You know, I say a lot of times on those guided prayers, I'll say, good morning, everyone. And, and, and I know I was asked by Cale, do you want to say good morning? I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, I got to be careful about that. You know, I know my wife, she has amazing quiet times at night she can't wake up enough to do a quiet time in the morning. It is just pell-mell going like crazy, getting the kids ready. For me, morning is my time. Jesus modeled mornings, but Jesus didn't say, you know what? Your time with God needs to be in the morning. Our time with God needs to be throughout the day. So I'm hoping this will just be one of those things that hopefully people will start their day with, because man, you know, I've, I've found for myself starting my day talking with God and not just jumping into the craziness of life makes my day start better. And, and for me, I I find myself apologizing to God a lot less if I put them him at, at, at the beginning of my day, instead of asking for forgiveness at the end of the day. Yeah.
0: I have an analogy that I'd like to run by you. And hopefully this might help to answer the question, what is the end goal? Um, Earlier in the the episode, you mentioned that, by and large, Americans are biblically illiterate. So when I was growing up, I took six years of Spanish uh, in middle school and high school. But my teachers always said the best way to learn a new language is to be immersed in in that culture, is to physically go somewhere and take yourself out of a position of, comfort and to have to learn to be able to survive and to thrive. I think that each of these spiritual discipline um, challenges that you have, whether it be the Bible or reading scripture or memorizing scripture or prayer, prayer, are designed to be immersive experiences so that the person who has never done this before is learning to survive in what it means to be a christian the the person who is mature and is doing this every day it should be no problem because they're already immersed it's it's no lesson to to join with their community whom they value in christ and to lift up the same things that they're lifting up so really all spiritual disciplines are trying to do are are trying to immerse you in the world yes. where God is alive and at work and and bringing people to Him
2: and restoring. Mm. Absolutely.
1: That'll breathe. Yeah. I need a you, hey man from somewhere. Yeah. Hey man. <laughs> uh, you
2: know, you can read all the books about prayer you want. Mm. You can hear as many podcasts about prayer as you want. You can listen to the best speakers talk about prayer all you want, but until you're there, you can, until you experience it and you have, and, and this is to help people get, get in the habit of doing It's It's a, it's an attempt for us to get our people together, praying towards a common thing or things for that day it's showing people the vastness of prayer, of the of the things you can pray about or pray pray for. Um, I'm just I'm so excited about this, and I think that we are going to see great fruit. We're not doing it to get fruit; we're doing it uh, because it's honoring to God and it's growing our relationship with Him. So, so Derek, going back to your question, what's what's the goal? If I had to say the goal our people be closer to Jesus at the end of 2021. Absolutely.
0: If this is the medium by which people can experience the love of Jesus that changes their life, then I think that we should be all for it. And that's why I think that we're having this prayer initiative. Uh, Pastor Brandt, I'm I'm very grateful for your time. Thank you. And we look forward to um, moving into this prayer initiative in 2021 as a whole community. Any final words or, or anything for, for someone who's
2: listening? I, I want to just say to you guys, I think that this podcast thing is going to be something that's going to help so many people to grow in their faith, and and so I just appreciate you guys. I know this takes an immense amount of time that you guys pour into this, and you're thinking of all the things to talk about, all the topics to think about, but um, we are in a digital culture. I think that this is really going to edify the church, so thank you. I just want to thank you guys for that.
0: everybody we are so thankful that you made it this far in the podcast we appreciate you for trusting us with your time and we hope that this has been an edifying conversation for you we really think that this pray today initiative is going to be something that catapults our church into a season of of spiritual development so uh, the way to get started on that is to specifically go on our app and if you have an iphone or an android what you want to look for is c3ks in the app store and that Every single devotional is going to be on the app, so we just encourage you to, to open that every single day. There's a way that you can set up push notifications for that, so be looking for instructions by which to set that up. Hey, again, thank you so much. We really want to start getting some feedback from our listeners and In the show notes, I have attached a Google Form. If you would take a little bit more time out of your day and give us some feedback via that Google Form or maybe a rating on Apple Podcasts or spotify or whichever medium that you use we would just really appreciate that we want to make content that is pertinent and relevant for you and letting us know by giving us some feedback is a great way to do that again thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you next time